Hi there, I'm Sarah Carnline of Cranfield Colors, and I'm joined by my colleague Michael Crane, and you are listening to our podcast, Color Like No Other, that's with a U spelled the British way. Hi Sarah. Hi Michael, how are you doing? Fine, thanks. Now, where are we today? We're in Toronto, Canada today. And what are we doing here? We are here to do some demonstrations and teaching to above ground art supplies. And it got us talking, didn't it, that these events are something that we always look forward to because it's great to have such interaction with excited and willing uh, participants that want to learn. Absolutely. But it got us asking the question, and we've had no time to prepare intentionally, as we look back over our lives making ink and paints, if we were pushed, if we were forced, could we think of five memorable days? Now, I dare say we're going to run out of time and we won't actually cover five, but uh, (laughs) do you want to kick off maybe with your first memorable event or day in this most fascinating and colourful industry? Absolutely. I remember it like it was yesterday, Michael. Um, I actually was sitting in my undergraduate printmaking class. Um, My professor, who's also named Michael, asked me what I was doing for spring break and I didn't have any plans. So he asked, and I mean verbatim, he said, how would you like to work for a wacky British man at a printmaking (laughs) conference? So naturally, I said, absolutely. Um, So I showed up in Atlanta. I think we're at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. And I walked up to you, and you were a tall man, smiley man. And we got along so well, and that's when I truly grew a love for the company and truly grew a love and saw myself in the industry that day. Well, that's great. Yeah. So that's your first. I suppose my first, too, would be linked with those exhibitions. Mm. When I think back over the years, they've proved such amazing opportunities to integrate with fascinating people. And I'm going back many years now. You mentioned Southern Graphics. That's a good example. Yeah, and I, I believe that was in 2017, actually. It, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. But because I am what is medically known as very old, it means I've been <laughs> going to them for years. And I can remember very happy events when, Mm. not simply with customers, but with friendly competitors too. People like Dean and Susan Clark of Graphic Chemical. I remember we and others attended an event in Tallinn in Estonia. And this would be my first lovely memory that I want to suggest as a very memorable day. We were at an event called Impact, which is a printmaking event held every so often. It's organised by the University of the West of England. And Impact was in its infancy, and it was held in Tallinn in Estonia. Mm. And there was a vendor's fair. So other manufacturers, paper companies, ink companies, roller manufacturers. We all turned up to Tallinn, set up our stand in, I think, a university, if I remember correctly. And... um, Unfortunately, the way that the event had been organised, I don't think many of the delegates were aware that there was a vendors' fair. Oh gosh! So we spent much of the time on our own. Yeah. And as the proverb says, the devil finds work for idle hands to do. Mm-hmm. We did muck about a lot, oh, including somebody going to buy a pack of sweets, and the sweets were called Tuftig. Tough Tig. Yeah, T-U-F-T-I-G. Tough Tig, okay. Tough Tig sweets, <laughs> which I assume are some Estonian speciality. Right. Anyway, they were they blew your head off in terms of their power. They were power. so strong. Oh, gosh. They were like those fishermen friends, uh, little uh, cough sweets, but 15 times stronger. Oh. 
And bearing in mind we'd had no visitors, we stupidly opened this packet and we shared them round only moments before the doors opened to a few interested customers of coming course. in. And none of us were able to speak. We were either, we either felt ill. I think actually one chap actually was sick oh, no. because the thing was so strong. But the rest of us were seen leaning against pillars or searching for water. Oh, the, your tongue just ran but out of it, your mouth, I guess. It did, but I suppose um, that would be a memorable day, but memorable not only for the event, but also for the position that I have developed um, over the years, uh, lovely partnerships with um, friendly competitors. Uh, it's a small world, it's a small industry, and it's far easier to get on uh, with competitors. And so I'm very grateful for those enduring friendships. Yeah, your, so, your story actually reminds me of our trip to Wyoming at MAPC. Oh, is that your number two then? Yeah, the Mid-America Prick Council, and it was held in Wyoming. I think there's another one this year in 2020. Um, but it was it was kind of the same same thing. We would have um, just groups of interested students and maybe suppliers coming in to talk to us. But do you remember when we took a dancing break and we did a prancer sizing videos with a team of GRS etching tools? Do you remember I, that? I do. And it was the lovely team from McLean's. As well, it? yes. And yeah. I think I have never heard or had never heard of prancer sizing before. Yeah. If you haven't discovered it then you must go and find it on youtube it's the most ludicrous thing and the really galling thing is that somebody's clearly made money out of this <laughs> nonsense form of exercising when as the name suggests you prance around uh, not working up a sweat or indeed losing any calories but uh, you keep moving so w that again must have been a combination of, of uh, times with customers but also downtime when nobody came around what on earth made us do prancercising Wh whose idea was it I believe it was Molly from GRS Tools was talking about a video she'd seen and she started doing it and then we all just decided we would hide behind a door and someone would film it. I can't remember who was filming it, um, but we all just came out in a single file line and each had our major moment and at the end we did a jump. Oh, I remember no. that. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. have vague recollections. I suppose others in other industries would remember when they were given the Nobel Peace Prize or something. But for us, it, it tells us something about Cranfield that that's on our list of achievements. Oh, absolutely, I, yeah. I suppose my second would be the slightly more uh, serious achievement of negotiating on behalf of my own professional body. Um, with the uh, EU uh, um, organisation that were looking at whether cadmium pigment should be allowed in artist paints. Right. Now, as an industry, we've been very lazy and we have called these pigments cadmium mm -hmm. rather than cadmium sulphides. And mm -hmm. they are um, really very inert, so they pass through the body. Um, but because of our careless naming of them, they were caught in EU proposed regulations that suggested they shouldn't be used in artist paints anymore. Mm -hmm. And even though Cranfield are one of the smaller members of CP, which is the Association of European Paint Manufacturers or Colour Manufacturers, um, I was somehow pushed to the front to be spokesman. And it was really encouraging. We enlisted the support of artists, we did that through social media, through magazines. I was interviewed for the BBC for uh, the 6 o'clock news PM wow. program. I appeared on uh, lunchtime television news because, of course, it was a very visual story. Mm -hmm. 
and indeed we were talking about this range of lovely oranges and reds that would have been taken from the colour palette and we were able to point out that really the most significant injury that could come from cadmiums would be if a palette of pigment fell on top of you. Um, <laughs> if they're used correctly and carefully uh, they are uh, um, relatively uh, inert that uh, and once they're dry they uh, present no risk and indeed even whilst they're they're wet they're still very low risk so that was uh, I think for me I remember the day that we discovered that we had been successful in our submission that these were not pigments that were to be confused with the more laudable aim which was actually to stop cadmium telephone or mobile phone batteries going to landfill oh, that wow, was okay. really the purpose and, and what raised the concerns initially. Right, much different concentrations there of cadmium. Well entirely different, mm. uh, one is the element and of course we were looking at compounds and so it actually, I, I, I say it was a, a very good initiative, it was um, proposed by Sweden wow. and okay. uh, so a, a country known for environmental care so we took no issue with that fundamental aim but we simply had to point out this is not applicable to our colour pigments and so, yeah, I, I would say that was, for me, a day of great achievement and it was a memorable day. I'll, I'll um, never forget the, the, so the moment could, I had. Would it be uh, fair to say you perhaps wear the cadmium cape and you're the hero to well, save us, I these artists, to these lovely colours we love so much? Um, I don't. I, I think I probably was the spokesman. Yeah. Uh, well, indeed, I was the spokesman because being a small company, mm-hmm. we were not and we are not regulated by such fear of a a legal department telling me what I can and can't say and I remember at the time one of my friends who runs a much larger uh, paint uh, colour company said to me Michael you can go out without your legal department saying oh be careful you don't step there you can just speak openly and honestly and so that would uh, that's what I did and I was nicknamed for a short while the Cadmium King. Oh, I uh, love that. I never <laughs> so, knew that, but, Michael. But it was a team effort. Yeah. I was purely the spokesman. A lot of the research uh, and oh, the information Oh, you're a humble hero, from, well, aren't no, you? <laughs> no, 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 not even pretending to be humble. It, it, it was an industry achievement. Mm-hmm. And um, really, uh, so many members of CP uh, were with me in it. And so it was a combined uh, effort. But I, no, I'll, I'll never forget. That was my... Uh, next memorable day what about you let's have another one from you absolutely no that's actually very 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 cool Um, another memory for me that I absolutely am very proud of uh, is getting to meet Gail and Becca through NAMPTA this past year and them introducing our artist oil paints into the United States and Gail and Becca are who they are, yes, yeah, sorry about that. Gail and Becca um, work at Italian Art Store in Waterville, Maine, which is I, actually a very clever downtown art on the growth. I town. should say, of course, in teasing the answer out of you, I do very much know who they are. They're <laughs> absolutely delightful, wonderful uh, people. But uh, And so they're bringing the artist's oils into the States for us. And that's been a project that you've been so heavily involved in. I can imagine that's for you a, a particular delight and a particular uh, exciting uh, moment. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was very great to meet them and I now would say we're good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really great working with them. It's been amazing. They've put it out on the shelves and yeah. soon it's going to be on their new website that's been refurbished. So you can go to italianartstore.com and find Cranfield Artist Oils for your purchasing in the United States. So it was it was fabulous and I must say that if you ever get a chance to go to Waterville, you should go by and uh, see how beautiful the downtown area is. 
Thank you on their behalf. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And one thing I must say, you must be warned, the seagulls there are quite massive. And Michael and I, when we went the very first time, do you remember? I do. I remember a seagull had tummy trouble. It did. Uh, And yes, indeed, uh, I do remember it had tummy trouble and perfect aim. Indeed. It was an unfortunate combination. It flew over uh, us and, and got both of us. It did indeed, yeah. So perhaps it's over to me again for another of my memories. Absolutely, I'd love um, to hear another one. I am really fortunate. The factory's in South Wales, as you know, mm. and we have a fantastic team. And I would think this particular memory would be, for us, um, a team memory. The administration of the company is run by two Rachels. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be called Rachel to work for us, but uh, <laughs> there are two of them there, and they're both in the same department. And I think that probably for us, again, looking back over the years, we have always um, been in colour and we have historically been a manufacturer of printmaking inks. Um, But we had the opportunity, first of all, to purchase a fine uh, British paint company called Spectrum um, Mm -hmm. many years ago. Mm -hmm. And then the management team decided that we would move the paint company from Wimbledon in London down to join the mothership, if you like, in Cumbran in South Wales. And I think for all of us, uh, when we think back to those days, um, they were exhausting. Moving a factory is absolutely uh, terrifying and exhilarating. Mm -hmm. And uh, But as I say, my colleague Rachel Volpe, she managed it. Uh, a I bit like it. Yeah, absolutely incredibly uh, down to minute detail, including I remember we had to get the uh, London Council to block certain roads because we had to take big triple roll mills yeah. from the old paint works. And the way it worked, it was an old Victorian factory up a cobbled lane. But the factory had become entombed as the years had gone by. Essentially what had happened, it was there as a factory and people in neighbouring houses had built extensions and greenhouses and so on and so forth. And so with time, this little factory was marooned in people's back gardens, essentially, up this small lane. And the lane was so small that all the raw materials had to come in on a hand cart. It would be unloaded at the end of the lane. Mm -hmm. And it was okay just about for barrels and for pigment uh, bags. But it was very difficult for us needing to get machinery out. And so for me, I think one of the most memorable occasions was having uh, paid for a London street to be closed seeing this crane there, I think they call them iron fairies, and lifting a triple roll mill out from the uh, factory yard over the chimneys, uh, right over these roofs to be lifted onto the back. Yeah, and and I think for me that was terrifying. And Rachel would be phoning me uh, to say, where is it now? How is it going? Is it?" And I was describing, I think she could hear the quaver in my voice, it's narrowly missing uh, some Victorian Ooh. chimneys. But, uh, but uh, that was a great thing. So pleased we did it, so pleased we made the move and we integrated uh, the machinery there. So I think that um, that would be one of my memorable days, uh, integrating the uh, paint and ink works into the factory in Cumbran. Absolutely. Another one from you. Yeah, of course. Um, Another one for me, and it's standing out because I felt so happy for us collectively as a company when we introduced Paul Lee into Mm -hmm. our 
our group because he is so well versed in the technicalities of paint making and ink making and I believe if I'm saying this correctly he used to work for industrial ship paint manufacturing so Paul's knowledge is extensive and he is always 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 showing me new techniques and new ways of testing that he's in the laboratory mixing up Um, and I'm so grateful to have him as part of our team Um, I think he makes a great asset don't you I do and and Paul will point out that he used to deal with tanker loads of paint that would be reversed into a customer so here he is now dealing with 75 mil of ink or four mil of, of paint and so, but yes I, I think it, it's great to have him on board and, and to have his depth of experience and indeed knowledge which whilst we're in a, a very historic industry and in mm-hmm. many respects it doesn't change it is an industry which increasingly and correctly has to make sure that it's in line with regulation and so this whole area of what's known as regulatory affairs Paul is so good at and he keeps us uh, up to to scratch whether it's with um, the European legislation or mm-hmm. here in this in Canada and the United States, different re- legislation. He makes sure that our product is suitable for Prop 65. You'll know of the Californian regulations there, or the ACMI, which is mm-hmm. the particular. Um, body here that gives award or the the stamp of approval if you like to artist products and ASTM which is the regulations that sit behind that um Paul I don't know if he loves it but he is so good and careful and thorough with all of that so uh, you know it's, it's great to have him taking care of that for us as well absolutely yeah he's he's very um diligent in his mm. efforts and he definitely comes to the plate and comes to Cranfield Standard I yeah. think absolutely what's it what's another memory for you Michael do you have one I do well this would probably be my last okay. and uh, it's a I suppose in a way a, a poignant one but a, a lovely one um you, we were talking about it that yesterday was the anniversary of my father's death who yeah. died two years ago mm-hmm. and I followed in his footsteps running the company and, and so as a third generation colour man and it was lovely that um, even in his uh, great age he always retained an interest in the company when I used to go and see him of an evening he'd want to know how we'd got on he was well into his retirement he would come into the factory I knew when he was in the factory because he, as he walked around, he'd be so pleased to see people. He'd say, hi, Steve, how are you? Hi, Martin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Craig. And, and the more of them he spoke to, I'd hear the machines being turned off because people <laughs> wanted a good natter with George. Um, so he took great pleasure from coming into the factory. And indeed, he came in only a matter of um, months before he passed away. But um, on the day he died, um, and he had a very good death, uh, if you have to die, uh, I would say his method was uh, to be recommended. He died at home uh, with his family around him at a great age, and a man of great faith and great contentment. But I was chatting to him only hours before he died, and, and it was the end of January. And we'd had a very good month. We are very fortunate that we're a busy little company. And um, he was saying, and what has the turnover been for the month, Michael? 
and I gave the figure mm -hmm. and it wasn't a round number mm -hmm. it was about 50 pounds short of you know a, a more satisfying uh, symmetrical number and he said to me or by that time his voice was very weak if you go to my wallet could you buy, buy me 50 pounds worth of paint oh, so it would have been it would have been uh, more symmetrical for him we would have liked that Absolutely. so I, I think that what that denotes is not the day itself but but a um a great honour and privilege of working in a, a family firm, uh, a firm where there's great uh, contentment, where we do share a mission together that we are excited by good product, mm -hmm. by good quality. We, as a team, love showing people the factory because I think at heart we all like teaching and yeah, sharing um, in, information with those that anyone that's interested to learn. So I think probably that last memory for me um, is indicative some, of something else about the whole company that it is uh, fun to be part of but also I hope that people find uh, as customers and as users that it's fun and informative to engage with us that we are I know you are incredibly motivated. I don't think you sleep at night. I imagine you plug yourself into the mains electricity because you're <laughs> hugely energetic and you always want to talk about people or, or to people about colour and about ink and paint. And I, I think that's a, a stamp across the company. Um, what about you? Well, thank you for saying that. And I, you, you also have an, inc an incredible electric enthusiasm um, and it's also a pleasure to work with you. Um, but a last memory for me, and I felt almost like a kid in a candy store at this day, but it was the day I made my very first paint, and yep. it was a cerulean blue, and we used the Swiss mill. We did indeed. Right, the little yeah, bitty Swiss mill, right. which I still want to be named Tiny Baby, because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with everything small. Can so you I, imagine your male colleagues calling a mill Tiny Baby? Oh, it would be I great. Very much doubt it, it. it adds to the wit, right? Because Craig's always mucking about, making yeah, jokes. But I so. can't imagine him calling it Tiny Baby. <laughs> okay, maybe I won't make them have to do that. I'll call it that myself. But yes, using that Swiss machine and seeing how the paint was made quite literally and doing it myself, mixing it in the lab, taking it over to the mill, working with Craig, working with the rest of the lads, Greg, and um, making things work and seeing it come through. It wasn't perfect, mind you. I remember doing the drawdown and being like, oh gosh, the flocculation of these pigments is revolting. But I knew, I learned, and I, I grew a great love for the company then. I do think my blood runs with cerulean blue paint yeah. now. Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great experience, and it's yeah. always been. And yeah. I enjoy getting to meet some of my favorite printmakers and artists at events and sharing my knowledge <laughs> that's growing. So... Well, talking of events, we better pack up because we're on our way now to our first presentation here in Toronto. Absolutely. But, um, good reminiscing with you, Sarah. And with you. We wanted to end this podcast by asking you, the listener, do send us any questions. If there's any topics that you'd want us to explore, it could be technical, it could be something about the pressures of working alone as an artist, it could be how to uh, get uh, further information, whatever it is, if there's something that you'd like us to tackle, in the podcast Colour Like No Other, please do get in contact. The best way to do that is to go to our website, which is www.cranfield-colours.co.uk and follow the Contact Us tab, which will take you to the email. Do mm -hmm. also use the website to go to the new resource section that we have, which is called Discover, where you'll find our YouTube channel, 
and uh, the full catalogue of podcasts and indeed our social media. It would be great to hear from you and to keep in contact. But thank you for listening today. And thank you, Sarah, for chatting with me. Thank you, Michael. Please connect with us and thank you for listening.